Welcome to the Rockin' Life podcast, Rockin' Life After Divorce. And today I have an awesome team with me, like a panel. So it's uh, Tiercy, Amber, and Brian. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. This is going to be awesome. It's truly awesome. You know, I started this podcast about three months ago, and um, I went through a divorce about five years ago, and it was the most difficult thing in my whole life. And on the podcast, I talked about things are easy, things are hard. And uh, today we're going to talk about dating. And uh, I got some... Uh, experienced people in the dating arena after divorce. <laughs> this is going to be so much fun. And uh, Tiercy wanted to share a dating story. I thought that would be a great start of this podcast. And before we hear Tiercy's story, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be on the post-divorce reboot on January 11th, starting January 11th and where you will help reclaim your life after divorce. You will hear many speakers, and this is hosted by Trina. And if you look down in the description below, you will see a link where you can sign up for free, which is going to be an awesome event. And here is a 30-second information about the post-divorce reboot. Hello everyone, this is Trina Hayes and I'm the host of the Post-Divorce Reboot Summit. Are you ready to reclaim your life, rebuild your confidence, and start loving the new you? Well, get ready because we have over 20 speakers, trainers, and coaches coming to speak to you starting January 11th. And we are also going to flip the script on your favorite podcast host, Per Angerstig. Please join us at postdivorcereboot.com to learn more. Thank you. Oh, I, well, I just want to share. <laughs> Dating will definitely humble you. My first date was like literally days after my divorce papers were signed. And I thought I want to get out there. And so I go on this date. We meet up and we're having a really great conversation. And it, then it turns out that, <laughs> that he knew my ex-husband. And I just... At that point, I started crying. I was like, this is too overwhelming. I wasn't ready for this. And he was so kind. He reached his hand over to mine. He's like, you're really adorable, but you are not ready to date. <laughs> and I'm like, I just started crying like that, that, that kindness that he gave me in that moment. I was like, you're right. I'm not ready. And then so I, I retreated. I went back to my corner and then I waited for quite a while before I started dating until I felt ready. I was not even close to being healed at that time. I just had wanted to try and get out there. It wasn't the right time. Yeah. But so dating will humble you. <laughs> we all have those experiences and those stories and it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I think it's important. I, I really want to send uh, a message of hope on this podcast we, we, in divorce, there's so much stigma, so much shame. And that's also why I'm sending it live now via Facebook. I hope you all are listening on Facebook too. To really get rid of this, try to get rid of this stigma. It's okay to talk about divorce. Uh, I had a person, I, I wanted the person to kind of like write a review for my podcast. And then that person said, this is a person that I know. And uh, he said, I can't review your podcast because I'm married. Why? I, uh, you know, it, it's so much about divorce. And I, I think we just need to talk about it more. And um, today we're going to talk about uh, dating after divorce. So we, we, we want to talk about prior to dating. What do you guys think about when should we start to date after? Do you start to date right away? Or what's the whole thing about dating? When you should start? Ryan. Well, I, I mean, I, I did it wrong for myself. I don't, I don't think that I wish we could give like a definitive for, for everybody. Like there's, there's just not an answer that's going to fit. Even in this small circle of people, there's not a right answer for all four of us. But I went on a date really the minute she moved out of the house before we'd even filed paperwork, before we'd even done anything. And then dated that whole first couple of years. I met somebody about a year after, got into a relationship too quick. So I wish there had been a rule and a book written that I could have went to and found that out. So I don't know that I have an answer to that. 
I think I mentioned in a previous conversation that we had personally, I knew right away that I wasn't ready for a relationship. Like I knew that in the very beginning, but I had not dated much before my marriage. And because I was married for 16 years, I hadn't dated in 16 years. So I was ready to date, but I wasn't ready for a relationship. So I think my biggest thing as far as being ready, are you ready to date? And are you ready for a relationship? And then how you pursue dating would determine how you do it. And so for me, I was somewhat transparent with most people I went on dates with, but I should have been more transparent saying, hey, I'm ready to date and, and have fun, take you to dinner, but I'm not ready for a relationship. So I think maybe the question is kind of twofold. Like, are you ready yeah. to date? Are you ready to date and have a relationship? So that's kind of, I don't have an answer. Maybe one of our other panelists have a definitive answer for us. <laughs> what do you think, Amber? I think... It's funny that you say, Ryan, the whole, I wasn't ready. You know, you're not ready when you actually do date. And then you're like, yep, nope, not there. Um, (laughs) For me, it was like, I think I know what's best, whatever. And looking back years later, I was like, yeah, nope, I wasn't ready. I pushed people away. I wasn't quite ready, obviously, but I didn't know it at the time because I wanted a partner. I wanted someone in my life. I wanted that. And so I thought wanting that so much made me ready, which for me was not the case. And I like Ryan, how you say the whole book, although I feel like the book, cause there's always that, well, wait a year, don't date anyone that hasn't been divorced a year, all that. I've met people that have been divorced five years that are not ready. I've met yeah. people that have been divorced three months that are ready. I mean, it's, Like you were saying, there's no set. For me, it was when I could be open, I didn't need someone else to make me happy. When I was happy and was open to whatever happened, whatever came, I could handle the heartbreak. I could handle disappointment. I could handle happiness and building a life with someone. That was when I was like, okay, I'm ready because I don't need someone to make me happy I'm happy. Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that. Yeah, I know for myself, I was not ready to uh, go into a relationship, but I was so lonely going through the divorce and being married for over 20 years and going through loneliness and depression. And I've shared that on the podcast before. So as soon as the divorce papers were signed, I was out dating uh, for about a year, a little over a year. But I realized I'm dating out of the wrong reason because I wanted a long-term relationship. I wasn't just looking for uh, a short-term fix or whatever, but I felt that I was in despair almost. I usually say, when you go shopping, you don't want to go shopping when you're hungry uh, because then you're going to end up with a bunch of garbage, uh, like junk food, etc. And uh, if you date out of despair because you just want to fill this void inside of you, I think it's not a very healthy way to do it. If, you, if you're looking for a long-term relationship, I don't know what do you guys think about that. I absolutely agree. I think when you go to the store and you're hungry, you're just putting everything in your cart. But when you're decisive and you've created a list, and not that I'm a big proponent of lists per se, like I want to have, that my person has to have A, B, C, and D because sometimes, <laughs> you know, like we think that's what we want and then you get other things and you're like, oh, this is really great and this adds value to my life. But I feel like if you're dating with intention, then it's good. I really like like that analogy about the grocery store. And then I'll add, I want to jump back on something Amber said about being ready to date. You know, she said you can be five years removed and not be ready to date. And the the crazy thing about after divorce, I think what we fail to realize is that we're going to go through seasons of being ready to date and then not being ready. So it's like, you can't have a firm calendar. I know personally, I dated a ton. I wish I'd have kept a log of how many first dates I went on. It's just, <laughs> personally, it was, it was way more than I wanted to, but I've, I've had, I'm in a relationship now that's super healthy. Before that, I had two other relationships. First one, I shouldn't have got in. I wasn't ready. I knew it wasn't. The second one I got into, I was ready. And then the relationship kind of became toxic with some things. And then when that relationship ended, I, I wasn't ready again. Like it, you know, I basically I got reset. It wasn't and my, my clock didn't get reset to like start all the way over. But I had to deal with some of those things from that short term relationship that made me not ready again. Right. And then thankfully now I'm ready again and I'm in a healthy one. It's hard because I know that people told me that you shouldn't start dating, but it was so difficult to kind of like because you're so lonely, you're going through such a big change 
And so like you're talking about the book. Yeah, I, I was informed about it, but it's like, no, I wanted it. And I don't think it's wrong to start dating, but then most people seem to understand that they're not ready and then take a pause. It seems like a lot of people do that. Well, I think it's so important to, I don't, okay. So when I was married and we were trying to have children, I had six miscarriages between my son and I told my ex-husband at the time, my husband, I'm like, okay, I can only get pregnant one more time. I'm willing to entertain the idea of one more loss of a miscarriage. And if we don't get a baby, then we'll, we have our boys and we're a beautiful family. I could not get pregnant until I was willing to accept the possibility it would end in a loss. I feel like it's the same way with dating. You need to be w- willing to go, I'm re- ready to date and I accept the possibility. Like, I'm not going to find my forever person the first time out, the 10th time out. I am okay with it. My self-esteem is solid. It sits over here. It's not tied to this external person. I don't need a person to validate me. I think that's the timing that Amber talked about, five years versus three years. What matters is you know who you are. You know what value you bring. You're comfortable. You love yourself. I think loving yourself is essential in being willing to date because you get a lot more rejection in dating. I mean, Ryan's talked about X number of first dates. I'm the first date queen, it seems like. And I know part of that's because I know exactly, you know, I have an idea. I don't want the black and white. This is exactly what I'm looking for. But some people I've liked and they haven't liked me, but we've ended up, you know what's been beautiful? I've ended up with some really great friends. And I appreciate that. But my self-esteem is not held and not tied to the person I'm dating. Because if it is, you are in for a world of hurt. That's good. That's so good. And um, rejection is also something that you have to deal with when you're sticking your foot out in the dating pool. Amber, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it takes a lot for things to line up is one thing I've learned. And sometimes the people I am into are not as I'm not their person or I'm not the best fit for them. That's hard. That's hard on the ego. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I think that is a component. You have to be ready to be rejected and to take it, not to take it personally, that it's not, yeah, it's exactly. not personal. You're not great or something like that. It's just that you're not for them. You know, not everyone's going to be a fit for you. And that's great. That's, we don't want to be a fit for everyone. Right. Yeah. I've had to, I, you know, my ego had to take a little bit of a beating here and there about people not being interested in me, heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> but that was one thing was not taking it personally and knowing that really rejection is a favor for you. If someone sees something that they that isn't a fit for them, then I wouldn't want them to push that. I don't want them to fit my like, you know, into the square hole, the round peg, whatever. I think rejection, especially in early stages and with kindness is a blessing. It's a gift. That's good. I like that. Because uh, to be able to handle rejection and failure is one of the most important things in life. It's a to practice, and I, I want to. I'm helping my kids to fail. You have to be able to fail, otherwise, you're never going to try. And that's a, that's a very, very good what you just said, Amber. And to be able to stick out there, put your toe out in the dating pool, and, and start to date. Now, another thing I was dealing with it is like I started to do the online dating, and for me, it was very overwhelming. I live in Dallas, it's like 7 million people here. It's maybe different if you live in a small town up in, in the northern, northern part of Montana, but uh, it was very overwhelming. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why I just stopped the online dating. And we felt very, I felt very, very overwhelmed. Did you guys feel any different, uh, similar? I didn't necessarily feel overwhelmed. I think, so I mentioned earlier, I didn't date much before my marriage, really. I grew up in a very conservative Christian home, a pastor's home. And so I, I just didn't date a whole lot for some reason. And then when I was going through my divorce and got divorced, this is going to sound really bad. Like I enjoyed the opportunity that online dating gave me. When people meet me, that's kind of odd because I'm a super confident person, but I'm not super confident when it came to, at that point to asking women out on dates. So for me, that online dating was like awesome. I've got all this opportunity without having to actually get out and meet people, <clears throat> which I have four children. And so 
that my time as far as getting out and meeting people in social settings was pretty limited. So I enjoyed what would be, I guess, an overwhelming aspect of the online dating world. And it gave me an opportunity to honestly, in a, in a, to practice, I guess, as far as yeah. practice, you know, talking to women, meeting women, going on dates with women. So I, now I do not like online dating now, but in the, <laughs> in the, in the initial phase of starting my dating, I, I enjoyed that opportunity. So that's a whole other topic as far as why I don't like it now, but I, I did enjoy having multiple options. Yeah. As a kid in the candy store. I, you, yep. you, you stole the words out of my mouth there. I, I didn't want to say that. Correct. It was like I was, I could pick whatever kind of candy I wanted. And anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's one of my issues, but we don't need to get into that. But that whole candy shop mentality, the whole, there's a psychological term for it. I can't remember what it is, but the too many choices paradox it's actually harder to make a choice when there's a lot of choice. I think right. In-N-Out, yeah, I think In-N-Out has based their menu on this whole concept, but that's a whole nother podcast. And yeah, yeah talk about it. <laughs> like, this is very more- important to talk about because you have so many people there right now on their dating apps and they're frustrated. They, they, they kind of like can't make up their mind. Uh, who should I uh, see, etc. Well, it's, it's really, yeah. One of the things that's changed for me from dating, I was married for 17 years, Back in the day, <laughs> I feel like this dinosaur, but back in the day, when someone, when a guy asked me out, I was the only person he was dating. And it was about, hey, I already know I like you. We, we've met in person. You've met organically. So, hey, I already know I like you. Let's go out and see if we're a match. The, the intention... I date intentionally. And so it was me trying to figure out if this person worked for me and him trying to figure out if it worked for me. When you have like, when you meet someone on an app, it's like, I, okay, I have a date with you lined up for Friday night. I have a coffee date lined up for someone else on Sunday. And I've accepted that that's just the way it is, but I can make up my mind fairly quickly about someone. Like I'm interested. Let's see if I, so I can make up my mind, like, yes, I'm interested in you, but then I reserve okay, are we really compatible for, you know, however long it takes to date that way, like a month, just depends on how much you get to see them and stuff. But the whole mentality of too many people dating, like people get paralyzed and can't make a choice. I really don't like dating multiple people at the same time. I am a one person girl and I am willing to just date one person at a time until it's like, okay, I can see that we are compatible. Let's move forward. Let's move to the next step. I don't like it. I've been burned by it, um, by not someone not being transparent before. Like, hey, you're, I'm like, hey, I really like you. I like where this is going. And yet they're like saying all the things. Yeah, you give me the butterflies. You make me feel really happy. I'm good when I'm with you. But I didn't know they were also dating someone else. And I feel like where's the transparency? And not that I he has every right to be dating someone else, but he just, with the conversations we were having, he, there was no information being told. And then I saw on Facebook, I'm like, oh, it makes sense why he picked her. I got it. They had a history long before I even got involved, but that was not something I was, I knew about. So I think Ryan mentioned transparency and authenticity in dating and the dating apps are okay. If people can show up with that authenticity and transparency, my experience, it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I was, you kind of basically went right where I was going when I said, I didn't want to say why I hated dating apps. It's because there's too many options. And I would personally never recommend anybody to, to get on online dating today. Like I just would not because, you know, my, my current girlfriend is probably going to listen to this. So I, <laughs> I'm a good dude. Right. But getting into that candy store was basically like a fat kid with too many options and there were moments. So there's a difference between dating somebody and like dating multiple people and talking to multiple people. Right. So I've never dated multiple people at the same time, yeah. but I've talked to, I mean, gosh, I'm not going to use real names, but at one point I had, <laughs> I had three Ambers that I was talking to at the same time. And I was like, <laughs> like how do I, if, I'm afraid of, I got, and that's a legit, legit. It wasn't Amber by the way, but no, we I got an that. Amber and an amber and an amber. And I was like, I'm going to mess up at some point <laughs> and say to one amber the wrong thing. Right. But I wasn't dating them. We were just talking. So having yeah. those conversations, 
That's why you need code. Like you, you put need code. Oh, I like Amber <laughs> with the fire for Tinder. Amber with the B yes. from Bumble. Bumble. And Amber, <laughs> Amber real life. But right. So the, the, the problem with name, online dating. What's, that's right. The problem Tinder. with online dating, Tiersy hit it exactly. Is like there's too many options. You don't, guys. It it, it limits us to being genuine. Like we, you cannot be uh. genuine with multiple people because. I, we don't have the emotional capacity for it. Like, and so therefore we turn that yeah. off. We turn off the emotional aspect of it. And really we're just going through those questions. Like, what do you like? What do you like? So that's why I don't like it. I going off of that. I actually wrote down here, like the genuine connection. That's the thing. I, I hate one of my like least favorite things is when you're sitting with someone and they're like, what do you like to do for fun? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I think, well, I am the least fun person ever because now I can't think of anything. <laughs> or I'm going to say the same thing that everyone else is saying. And you're not going to remember this conversation between our date now and the one you went on for lunch and all that stuff, right? I'm not big on surface level. I can do surface level. I can. It's not fun. It's not where like I thrive. It's not where like mm-hmm. I connect and yeah. I come alive. I need that genuine connection. I need some depth. I need, I need some kind of an intellectual spark to relate to some kind of a show you what's inside me, inside my soul. (laughs) I feel like when there are too many options, it keeps everything at a surface and you blur them together. I have, before I would program names in my phone, I had gotten two guys confused. (laughs) Incredibly awkward. And my heart kind of hurts a little bit about that. When I have too many options, I can't get the genuine connection. I don't feel like there's the, I'm focusing on you because I'm more interested in you. So this has to go somewhere or this means like works or something like that. But for me, if I'm interested enough, I just don't operate being interested in all of the people. And I don't want to, I want to feel special too at at certain levels. So I love that uh, about being genuine and authentic. One of my superpowers, whatever you want to call it, is connection and connecting on a deeper level with people. My mentor, John Maxwell, has written a book called Everyone Communicates, But Few Connect. So Mm. Tiersi and Amber, question for you guys tips for guys to connect with girls dating, what would that be like to really interest you in them? Like to catch our attention or like we're actually dating or a first date? You, you choose, you decide. <laughs> Such a good question. One of my hardest things is on dating apps per se, nobody asks questions. They genuinely don't know how to carry on a conversation. Learn how to carry on a conversation. Ask questions back. That's one of my hardest things. Like I am, I, I, I get to the point now, maybe we should talk about ghosting where I'm like, I can't carry on this conversation. I've asked you questions. We've gone back and forth. You keep going off my questions. You're not asking me questions. At some point, I get tired. I feel like I'm doing the emotional labor here. This is when we're first dating, you know, or talking before we've even met. And I just, I can't do it. I get to a point where I'm just done. And so asking questions absolutely catches my attention. Like, oh, okay, he's showing interest in me. He wants to know about me. And I'm not about like so many guys, present company excluded, I'm sure, but get to the, it want to get to the sex quick. And that just turns... 99% of the women off. I, it just does. And so, but there is an, an element of like, hey, I want to show I'm comfortable with that intimacy innuendo, but then bring it right back up. Like it shows a healthy balance, right? Like I've had guys where it's like, okay, we've, we've had the joke. Now we're back to talking about hiking mountains, you know, parenting tip. I mean, that's a little intimate for a first conversation or, or a couple but, you know, talking about our dogs or whatever, but asking genuine conversations to get to know me and what I'm doing. Like, I have a lot of pictures on my dating apps that try to show a variety of activities. I really feel like if you're looking 
there, there's a lot of information you could ask me about on my pictures. That was great what you just said, Tiersi. Uh, asking questions, be more interested of them instead of throwing up all your stuff on the other person. That is one of the best ways to connect with someone because it shows interest and also to be vulnerable, uh, you know, maybe not on the first date, but to start opening up who you really are. Yes. And that's what Amber, you, you talked, that's what I need. That's what I want. I want to hear mm -hmm. more, more about For sure. you, your, the depth of the person. And, but that sometimes take courage to share things like my, my, you might have been hurt uh, in previous things. And you want to share, you know, tiny bits of your soul. And, and kind of like opening up and being you instead of pretending and having all these masks up and being this super cool dude. <laughs> what do you think, Amber? No, I think that that nails it. I think going along what both of you guys have said, the most, the men that I have dated that have intrigued me the most have lowered their mask. And mm -hmm. it's not just the let's rip it off. It's the, I'm going to lower it a little bit. See how you react. I'm going to lower it a little bit more. I'm going to see how you react. Um, I think, you know, someone that does like you can't, okay. You can't fake genuine interest. You can't fake wanting to learn about someone Agree. Really being interested. It's so easy guys. I feel like for me, guys weed themselves out when it's like they act, but like, like Tiercy was saying, they make references to other things, which time and a place. Right. But there is, I feel like people show themselves how, what they are after, how they are interested, where they're at, and you get to decide whether that's a match or not. Um, so for me, because I'm not necessarily looking just for surface things or fun things, I mean, we all like fun, right? But that's not just what I'm looking for. Um, for me, things that catch my attention more is the knowing he is genuinely, genuinely interested, um, asking about me, wanting to talk, making an effort mm -hmm. um, around that, but then also letting me in. Because I feel like a lot of people will use the, I just want to ask questions about you. Yes. But they have their walls up. Oh, that, yes. And there's a reciprocal when you are lowering your mask, when you are met at that level, that creates for me it creates more interest and mm -hmm. that's that's the best way to connect bring something real don't message me and say hi exactly yeah. and i i totally agree with you amber because that also shows you, you're going to figure out if that person is interested if, if they're not letting their masks down and you are gradually doing that it's a very clear sign that they're not the right fit yes yeah, so, uh, I agree. Ryan, you had something you uh, you wanted to say. Well, of course, it wasn't a question directed at me at all because I. You know, <laughs> but there were some things, especially that last part that Amber mentioned, that the whole sex. I think Tiersha mentioned it too, the sex conversation, and I've got I you know, I'm a former pastor and and current banker, and so in in those worlds, I've worked with a lot of women, so I've I've, I've got a lot of female friends over the years, and then even to the dating world, lots of that I've made friends with, but. What I ran into a lot from the male perspective of that whole sex conversation thing was women that would say, and it's, it, it's in the, it, it happens in the, the online dating world because I think women who are not secure in themselves become conditioned with the online dating world when we say, let's not talk about sex, but then all of a sudden I get a picture that's very suggestive, right? Let's not talk about sex, but then I get a picture. I mean, there was, I've had times where we said, let's not talk about sex. And then I get a bikini shot and then I get a, a picture of their lingerie on their bed. And I'm like, well, how in the world am I not supposed to talk about sex? Yeah. If you're sending those messages. And, and I, I've, t I've told so many women, like as long as you can, for as long as you can put off sex with a guy, because the minute yep. you crack the door for a guy, even the good dudes, they're going to, they're going to kick it open. Like it's, they're going <laughs> to crash through it like <laughs> the Kool-Aid. Right so don't, yep. don't send suggestive pictures. Don't send bikini oh. shots. Don't send, you know, so, these, I love the, the angles where you can get the, <laughs> the, the boots showing out so you can see them. Because when you do that to me, I, you just basically signaled. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's talk about sex. And then you also said, uh, Amber, I really like what you said about ripping the mask off from, from a guy, from a female perspective, from a guy, it's a scary for me to be like completely vulnerable right away as yeah. it is to never be vulnerable. So for guys like, 
I don't have a problem with being vulnerable. I can be vulnerable at the drop of a hat, but also have to make sure that I'm not being vulnerable too quickly and yeah. revealing things. And so there's, there's a pace, there's a pace to reveal things and a pace to like, I'm going to let you in emotionally. And yeah. then you said something about hiding it. Unless you're a sociopath, you, you're not going to be, you're not gonna be able to hide what you want. So I just, all good comments from you ladies. That's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, to, to be vulnerable it takes time before you can be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. This is not something you share on the first date. But if this is a person that you want to spend the rest of your life with or a long-term relationship, that that uh, being authentic and real has to come in. And then, uh, like you said, Amber, you're lowering this mask or you start sharing and being real uh, and, and opening up gradually. Yes. And that just shows you you're an adult. You show that you're real, you're a real person. And uh, you, you started kind of revealing who you really are. Yeah, you know, one rule of thumb or measurement that I use is I do like the gradual. It has to be gradual. But when I've gone out with someone and they're talking about their divorce, if they are throwing 100% of the blame on their former spouse, I have, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Like an internal woe, because let's be honest, we all have flaws. Yeah. I want to know someone is self-aware and self-awareness. You can be vulnerable when you have self-awareness. I want to know what you feel like contributed to your part. Like my ex-husband had it, at least an emotional affair, if not physical, I don't really know. But I became real with myself when I'm like, what did I contribute to the unhappiness? Why did he feel unhappy? What did I do? And I've learned a lot of things about myself that I feel like now, wow, I'm going to be an amazing partner because I learned that this could happen. So for example, one of the things that's meant a lot to me is I didn't understand my marriage. There could be one event and two completely different perspectives of the same event. And now because of that knowledge and that understanding, I feel like I can be a better partner. I can listen now and go, oh, that's your experience when this happened. Oh, okay, cool. I hear you. I understand that. And it softens my heart a little bit if we need to say if a compromise is needed or it's just, hey, I understand that it wasn't, you didn't mean to hurt me. That's just where you were coming from. And so um, people do what Amber said. People reveal who they are. You just have to be looking. There's a lot of subtext. I have learned. I try to show up for myself when I'm dating and I try to look for those signs, who's revealing to me, you know, so that I can weed out the people that I'm not going to waste time on because I date with intention and I'm too old to be wasting my time. <laughs> like if someone says they don't have children and they really, you know, doesn't, I've had a lot of younger guys hitting on me. It's been really interesting <laughs> when I don't have like 20 years younger than me, when they don't have children, I get a little bit worried. Like let's really eva evaluate that. Cause I'm not going to, Two years from now, I don't want you to be like, oh, I really want children because my uterus is out of business. It's closed. It's got cobwebs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think it's uh, the dating is definitely it can be a journey. When you rock climb, you have easy paths and you have hard paths. And you're going to hit some roadblocks in this dating journey. And uh, I, that's why we want to talk about it and share about our experience because we've all been uh, divorced for quite a while. I've been divorced for five years, over five years. And I just started dating uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, organically, I actually met uh, a super cool uh, girl about uh, <laughs> a month and a half ago on the tennis courts. And so I want to talk a little bit about organic uh, dating too. You talked about the dating apps. You can find somebody organically or being set up by a friend, for example. I wasn't really dating. I hadn't been dating for two years. And we just paired up on the tennis court on a mixed doubles. And it was just chemistry. So I had intentionally joined several ways to meet people organically, mostly because I was so lonely, dealing with loneliness. I, I started to join the tennis club. I, I joined, started playing golf again picked up a lot of these things that I used to do before I got married. I played a lot of tennis when I was in my high school. I played a lot of golf. I joined a, a Bible study, a church, just to organically meet people. What do you guys think about that approach? I like to call it dating in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know, probably apps are probably a little bit more wild, but I that's something that's a little bit 
more new to me because I've always like had a very, very busy life that the extra things I just didn't take as much time for, especially as my kids were more, were younger and I was establishing my career. I, everyone's like, well, join this, join this. And I'm like, well, how do I, how do I even find things to join? Facebook groups are a big, like you can find a group that does anything in your area that you are interested in. And it's a good way to connect. It's something that's more like, it's newer for me in the past like year or so, but it has been awesome. Not even just on a dating level, but like friendship and like social level. But the, I really like being able to talk with someone and interact with someone without any, like, if you meet someone on a dating app, it's, you know, going into it, you're on a date, whether it's a screener date for coffee or not, you're on a date. There is an idea formed in your head where meeting someone in the wild, it's, it doesn't have to be, well, are you interested in me? Am I interested in you? Like what's, what are the options here? What's going to go out of this? It's just that I'm enjoying myself. I'm observing you enjoying yourself. We're interacting well together. And I have become a big fan of that. So I'll, I'll second that as well. So I, I have not done very much dating in the wild or organically, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I'm a, I'm a very, I'm very much a social person and, and my, my career also affords me the ability to get out. I meet a lot of people. Uh, now COVID has kind of slowed some of that down. I used to be very involved in the chamber in my area. I'm, I'm a mortgage lender now. And so I meet a lot of, I meet a lot of realtors. I meet a lot of clients that are single, but honestly, I've been on very few dates with, people that I've met in the wild. But my current girlfriend, I I met on a Facebook group and we were completely and totally. So it's interesting because like Facebook groups that aren't about dating is kind of like the in-between of online dating and then dating in the wild. Right. And so I met this woman and we were legitimately only friends for five months. Shared, we shared dating stories. We were going through some, not, not relationships, but like trying to find relationships and then all of a sudden, we just went, wait, wait, wait a second, why are we not dating one another? <laughs> and so that's the same thing as if, if it happened in the wild, but it happened yeah. to a Facebook group. So this will be my last relationship. So I will never get to experience like the wild necessarily, but we'll see. Yeah, that's good. So we're going to switch a little bit. We talked about a lot about dating here and prior to starting the date. And uh, you also talked about a little bit about ghosting. That's a, a subject that's come up. And uh, uh, if you guys have any thoughts about that, I, I think ghosting is in a way, it's a cowardly thing, I think, to, to not respond back to somebody that you, maybe you've been out for a date and then you just cut them off. Uh, I don't know what you what you all think about that. I, I have definite opinions about that. I feel like if you've met someone, it's no longer ghosting. It is rude. It's just not having manners. I was reading on a web on a Facebook group that someone got ghosted after two months of dating, and I was like, no, at that point, it's not ghosting anymore. My opinion is, if you haven't met someone ghosting, maybe there's a place for it, you know, especially with the dating apps, you're talking to five people at once. Sometimes conversations dwindle. Like I went on a hike the other, not too long ago with someone and he, he was really great, but just things have been coming up in my life that I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to choose not to date this person. And I started to not respond to his messages. And I'm like, that's not really cool of me. He was a great guy. So I just reached out to him the other day and I'm like, Hey, I feel like I'm ghosting you and that really wasn't my intention. Just X, Y, and Z have happened. I have, you know, and then I told him what I appreciate about him because it wasn't that we didn't match, just timing wasn't great, you know, and I wanted to be that type of person. For me, it mattered to be that type of person that had manners and etiquette and the ghosting doesn't feel good. And it was nothing he had done. It was just all these other things in my life. And so I feel like if you are in a person with integrity, we talked about dating, being able to show up authentically and transparency. And I feel like if you're wanting to date, you need to be willing to have that uncomfortable conversation that, hey, we're not a match. It's like Amber said earlier, we're just not, we're not a match. And it's nothing about you. And you're really doing that person a favor by having that communication with them. Because I had someone reach out to me. We'd gone on a first date maybe a month or two ago. And he's like, hey, 
I don't know about you, but I think you are fabulous. I had a really great time with you, but I just didn't feel a spark. But our conversation was great and you had good stories and I enjoyed my time. Cool. Like I didn't feel rejected. You know, he sandwiched it. It's that whole sandwich thing you learn. Like I do it all the time in work emails. You know, here's something great. Here's here's the quote. I hate the word rejection. Let's say as Amber said it, it's the gift of, hey, I'm gonna let you know I'm not interested, not waste your time. And then here's why I thought you were really great. Because let's be honest, I feel like every person is amazing and has something to offer. Doesn't mean I'm going to date them. Can I ask you a question? Maybe Amber Amber can answer as well, maybe a pair as well. So like if I were to be talking to somebody online just a week or so, and then we go on our first date and I don't ask them out on a second date, is that ghosting? And we don't talk anymore. We just, we have the date and we just, we just move on. Yeah. I feel like that's ghosting. I do. I, in my opinion, but ghosting is this vague term I feel like right I feel like there should be you know how that what is it the Alaskan or not who's the in Alaska there's like 20 words for snow and you know we only have one in the continental U.S. like ghosting maybe needs layers and levels yeah. and yeah I just feel like if you've met someone they deserve the respect of hey this isn't gonna work yeah, that's just my I, opinion. I, I agree 100%. I think it's uh, if you've been out on a date, it's disrespectful to say, okay, this for me, it wasn't really, you know, it, it wasn't the chemistry or whatever. That's what I've done. Uh, what, I've what if neither party texts? Like, so if I've asked a woman on a date, and we go on the date, and we go home, nobody texts the other person who's who ghosted? The guy, the guy starts. The guy? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Amber, I'm, Amber I'd like I'm to hear your answer. I agree with you guys. Okay. Because I feel like one of my least favorite things is, you know, you're talking a little bit, you go on a date, you go on a date to see if there's anything in real life. Like yep. if you both just are like, hey, you're, Meh. you know, if they're like, I'd really like to do this again. And then you're like, yes, that's great. At that point, it would be ghosting. But okay, I feel fair. Like, that, like, I mean, it's, it's just like with any acquaintance, right? Like you meet someone, you talk to them for a little Correct. bit, just because I have an acquaintance that I've talked to once, or I've maybe had lunch with, doesn't mean I'm ever going to reach out to them again, or doesn't mean yeah. like, and so I feel like if there has been an expectation, <sighs> they all text you later, or I would like to go out again. I had a great time. Then it's ghosting. If it's just the, okay. this was lovely. Like you're a great person. Yeah. Okay, fair. Fair. I'm totally going to change, amend what I said, and I'm going to agree with Amber. So, Ryan, back to you. Because if that's the case, I've ghosted a lot of women. Okay, no, I'm I'm amending what I said. This is what's so great about being teachable and coachable, right? I'm amending what I said. Ryan, your scenario where nobody reaches out, cool, that's totally fine. Nobody's reached out. But if it's like Amber said, someone's reaching out to you, and they're trying to connect. They're called bids for connection, right? If someone's saying, hey, how's your day going? That's a bid for connection. They're trying to subtly be like, I'm interested in you, right? At that point, if you're not responding to their conversation, that's ghosting. But if either of you, I'm amending what I said. Thank you, Amber and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, just because I, I, I'm, I'm a busy person. I've got a career. Uh, I volunteer a lot. I have four children. Now, now I'm not doing this anymore, but back whenever I was online dating and I would, I, I, just to be very transparent, two or three dates in a week when I didn't have my kids, right? I don't have time to like contact every woman where we had basically for lack of a better term, a, a dud date and neither one sure. of us reaches back out. Like, yeah, it's going to sound like, you know, I'm, I really, I'm, I'm definitely a traditional person. Like I, the, the man asks the woman out. Right. But if we're, if we're through with the date and nobody reaches back out, then cool. Yep. I'm totally agreeing with you. We're done. You, we're done. That's <laughs> cool. So we, we started me. talking a little bit about, uh, communication and, uh, Amber, you shared a lot about, you know, the importance of communication in dating and let's say we have dated for a few months and uh, the importance of communicating how do you see that amber yeah and i think the big one i see a lot in this i have a lot of people that have asked me like i just i don't know where we're at i don't know like you know it's that it's that limbo stage where it's like are we dating? How do you define dating? Like I've gone on a couple of dates. Does that mean I'm dating this person? What like, and everyone has different terms. Like, you know, are you, are you in a relationship? Are you boyfriend, girlfriend? Are you, that always feels like high school to me. Um, <laughs> I know. I, you, I felt that way, you know, and there's like a difference between exclusivity and like commitment and stuff like, and 
so many people define it so differently. And I feel like a lot of times, especially from women, I see a lot where they're like, I don't know what we are. What, like, how do I, like, we've been dating this long. Like, is there some kind of like, it's been two months. So we must be in a, we must be something <laughs> like, I, I get that. Like, or I, and I see it a lot. I hear it a lot. And I think the biggest thing is like, well, I mean, like everyone else can give you their input, but everyone else can be right. wrong because they're yes. not in the same situation. Okay. It's you and him. And you need to have that conversation. Feel like, well, when's too early? When's too soon? You know, or whatever. And it's like, you know what? There is never a too soon. There is never a too. I mean, there's too soon to be like, so you want to get married? You know, or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, there, if there's no des- set desired outcome, like I'm going to have this conversation and we have to be exclusive and it's our second date, you know, or something like that. Um, that would be a bit unreasonable. But if you're questioning, I like communicating like, yep. Hey, I'm just interested in you. Where, where are you? Like no pressure. I just want to know. I just want to, you know, oh. or whatever. Right. So I can set where I'm at and know that it's, we're, we're meeting in an equal ground, you know, what, what does it look like for you? A next step, like where, what do you want out of this? Where it's all about communication and you can ask everyone and all of their answers are going to be different. And it like, as long as they're, I think that that's the thing is a lot of women have a hard time having that conversation with men because for men, it's the, they want their freedom, right? Like you, like, I don't know, I don't know where this is. Like, do I have to like ask you to marry me? Are we going to like, like all of those things it's too soon. And so it feels like there's this pressure of like, Hey, where are you at? You know, what are we? The, the DTR, right. Define the relationship. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the, you know, you don't have to like, if you can go into that without having a, and sometimes it is this an outcome. Time. Yeah. But if it's just that, I'm just wondering if we're on the same page. I'm curious. Yeah. That communication, being able, because if you can't talk about, hey, I'm really into you. Do you see this going like somewhere? Are we like really trying? Are we working on this? Is this something you want to pursue? Because I want to pursue it. If you can't have that conversation, there's going to be so much stuff that comes up (laughs) that like you just will not be equipped to handle. Yeah. But don't you see that, you know, as the, the relationship progress and like after a month or two, when, when you start sharing and how you are, how you interact, not necessarily verbally, but I don't know, it, I think it's important, definitely. So but maybe it's more important for a woman. I don't know. Is it? Yes, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, so my experience, in my experience, the two relationships before the one I'm in now, it was reversed. I was always like, because even though I did a lot of stupid dating, but my soul wanted connection, like it wanted yeah. something long term. And so I remember in those two relationships going, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? So I was the one doing that. And the woman was the one like, well, let's not define it. Let, you know, or they would, gosh, back to something you said way earlier in the podcast, Amber, that whole rejection thing. Like I went through the two relationships where we were in the relationship, but they would pull back. And then it would be like, you know, where are we in this relationship? But, you know, one of the best things I've heard, like if they're pulling back, then and they're not interested. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we all where we stand. Yeah, I'm a big proponent too of the conversation. I get that it's hard, but the truth is when you're willing to have that conversation, you're showing up for yourself. And that's a big, since my divorce, that's kind of one of my mottos. I need to show up for myself. You know, nobody else shows up for me. So I am willing to have that conversation. It doesn't have to be a confrontation. It just has to be, I'm approaching you in curiosity, this is how I feel. I, I try not to be tied to an outcome because sometimes, you know, sometimes you are and sometimes you're not, but it's like, if you like, you do want to be like, and I've had this conversation with someone before, like, Hey, I'm really into you. We've been dating six months. I'm ready to be exclusive. How are you feeling about this? And it was the most beautiful conversation. It ended up, he wasn't ready, which was totally fine. And so I was really grateful though, because then it empowered me to make a decision. And I'm like, you know what? I'm ready. Let me think about this. And I started getting those feelings. I'm really good with intuition of going, they're pulling back. I'm really good at sensing that. He had started pulling back and then we ended up breaking up three weeks later. And it was totally, it was beautiful though. Like I, I walked away from that conversation going, I'm empowered. I know information. What decision am I going to make? 
And I feel like that's what people don't realize in those conversations is you, all you're doing is collecting information, enabling you to empower yourself to make a fully informed decision because, Hey, it's a valid thing to go. Yeah. He's not ready. I still choose to date him. Or it's like, Nope, I really am ready. I have a lot to offer. I'm going to move along. That's good. We're going to go towards a round off on the podcast. We've had amazing talk here. This is this is really cool. A lot of a lot of good subjects and a lot of I think the listeners are actually going to have a, a lot of good uh, nuggets of, of wisdom yes. to come out of this and a lot of laughs, too. So, <laughs> but uh, I have a, a couple of more questions uh, to round off the podcast with one that we talked about that I think is important. It's about kids. We all have kids. And, and how do you introduce kids in the dating uh, for, for me i started dating very quickly after the divorce and uh, i did not share i shared with my boys my oldest two kids that i started dating because they were both adults and uh, but i did not share it with my girls and then uh, they found out or my my youngest found out through using my what do you call it uh, apple what do you call them this ipad mac oh ipad, iPad. Oh, I got downloaded. Yes, <laughs> she saw a text between me and my brother and say that I, uh, I had met uh, this girl, and I actually wasn't dating at the time. I had stopped dating, uh, but uh, it was it just felt the wrong way to introduce somebody that you started dating. And I think uh, now I've I've shared with my kids that I've started dating again, and it's only been like a month and a half. What do you all think about that? Well, again, I did it wrong. So <laughs> I used to say, you know, you've heard the saying that, you know, experience is the best teacher, you know, but uh, I really wish intuition would be the best teacher because then you could not go through the experiences. But <laughs> on, on both of my relationships before my current one, I introduced my kids way too soon. And my kids now are 20, 18, almost 13 and, and nine. But three years ago, I introduced them pretty quickly and my girls got attached. And then this last year when I introduced them, they got even more attached to the lady I was dating. And I remember when I told my eight-year-old at the time, so this had been this last spring, I told her that we were, we were no longer seeing each other. She, she literally laughed in my face, like thinking I was just joking with her trying to be funny. Cause we uh, have a good rapport with all of my kids, you know, and they're like, she's just like, what? And I was like, no, I was like, Ava, we we're not seeing each other. And then her, her face became downcast. And of course my heart's like, what did I do? So I, I definitely did it wrong. Uh, current relationship, you know, we're long distance. So my kids haven't met her yet. We've, we've started sort of introducing them through FaceTime when we talk and some Marco Polo videos, but it's a little slower. So it's almost like for my children, the distance is a, an advantage because they're not mm -hmm. going to be able to spend time with her until we're able to like be closer together. But any kind of advice that I would give it's so hard because if you've got kids at home and, and if you're dating with the intentions of having a long-term relationship in your mind, you want to know, is this going to work out and are our kids going to like each other, but put that off just as long as you possibly can. I didn't do it. And uh, so now I'm, I've, I've learned, you know, to take it slower with the kids, introduce things slower, talk slower. But thankfully, even though I did a lot of dating, my, my girls have only met two women in the five years that I've been divorced. It wasn't like I had this repetitive pattern of yeah. women, but the two that I introduced them to, I, I had feelings for, and then they developed the same feelings and it just, it's just hurtful. So the longer you can put it off, the better. Yeah. So let's be clear. There's a difference between, I'm completely validating what you say. I agree with you, but there's yeah. a difference and there's a difference between just meeting someone and attaching to someone. Right. It's the attachment that you really don't want to happen until you are solidified as a couple. Right. I have had men pick me up. So I've met most of the men I've dated organically. So I've been very comfortable having them come to my house and pick me up. My daughter, we were going to the Book of Mormon play and he brought me flowers and he picked me up at my house. And I was actually really glad that my daughter saw me being treated like that. I thought it was very thoughtful. And so I have not had them meet anyone that I've dated short term because the guy that I dated, I got attached to his daughters and it was super hard when we All broke right. up. I was devastated. I'm like, I love your girls. Like, and actually I 
maintain my relationship with them. But I talked to a therapist and they're like, well, why are you wanting to maintain this relationship? And I'm like, because I love them there. They were 16 to 20 something. They were older. And he, I'm like, I love them. And they're like, well, then having an adult in their life is not a bad thing. As long as you're not doing it with the idea you're going to get their father back, uh, be in their life. But now I'm extra cautious about meeting someone's children that I am dating. You know, it's one thing to go to their house. Hey, they're going to get picked up by their mom. Cool, whatever. But I will not spend, I choose not to spend a lot of time with someone's child until we are solidified because it hurts me. I like, it's another loss that I just never thought would happen. Like, oh, they're like, not only are you mourning the loss of a boyfriend or part significant other, you now mourning the loss of their children too. That's good. What do you think, Amber? This is one that like, I've kind of let my ideas be a little bit more fluid and change over time, just as it's fit for me and my children. I was very rigid at first of, I don't want them to even know, like if my children, like the first few years had even known, like I talked to boys, like, <laughs> their, their minds would have been blown. Um, <laughs> How old were they? Oh, geez. Um, from like 11 to three. Oh gosh, yeah. They and now they're like yeah, young. ten now. So it's, it's different when they're older. It's different when they're older. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. But even like my youngest, I mean, maybe he was six or so or something like that. I remember one time, like we were just joking around, and I said something about you know they were being sarcastic, and I was like, one day I'm gonna meet a really nice guy, and he's gonna meet you guys, and you're like dark sarcastic humor, and he's gonna run, like he's gonna get right. <laughs> But when I was, when I was saying like, one day I'm going to meet like a really nice man. And my youngest was like, yes. And then like, and then you won't be alone. And then you won't be like, you know, or whatever. And it wasn't ever something like I'd never had a conversation with them about that. I'd never had like, I, it wasn't like they, like mom wants to be with, you know, or something like that. And so it was knowing that my kids wanted that for me. My kids mm -hmm. wanted, yeah. you know, they have their, their father has met this amazing woman and they have this, their stepmother is wonderful and they have more love in their life because of that. And they see how happy he is and they want that for me. And that's one thing, like I noticed, like before that I'd never talked about dating. I'd never anything like that, but I still, I like, I do like the interaction without the pressure when you're like, you're dating, I feel like the longer you go, if it's, you're dating for someone for a long period of time, and you're like, this is it. I now I'm going to introduce my kids. There's a lot of risk in that, but that has been one, like, I'm okay getting my heart broken. I can handle it. I don't like my kids getting their heart broken when things don't work out. That's rough. I've had one person, like you were saying, Tiercy, that we had our kids, we had spent a lot of time all together. It was wonderful. And then when things ended, it was probably sad to say, but I think I was more disappointed in her because I knew him and I weren't a match and that's easy to accept. Yeah. But yes. I loved his children. I love, I still, you know, and yeah. that was, that was very, very hard on me and my children, they just love everyone. And so that was, that was hard on them too. It wasn't as hard as I thought though for them. I think I carried a lot of responsibility. Like I broke their hearts with the divorce, all this stuff. Like I can't do that again with another person. And so I'd been like fearful of that for so long and then when it happened, I realized, you know what? They're resilient like I am and they get it and they understand and it's okay. Like, you know, and that actually helped a lot. It's still, I don't like, I don't like that kind of pain. I don't like that. I would never, but you know, things don't always work out. Most of the time they don't. And if I hold myself back because of that, then I lose out, then we all lose out. And so, but I do like, instead of waiting until it's like, well, here's the man I'm dating. I want you I guys agree. to meet him, all this stuff. Cause then there's like these expectations in the kids' heads and they go into it like with like my youngest, he likes to tell everyone you're not my real dad, mostly because he's highly sarcastic and thinks he's funny and mm -hmm. you know, but there's probably something there. I really like having a bunch of friends that have kids and interacting in yeah. that 
setting and yep. getting everyone to know each other with that. Not like, oh, the guy I'm dating's here with his kids, but like, we're going to go hang out with some friends and yep. then seeing how everyone interacts. That, but that's just me. I'm going to end with one question for all of you and one minute max answer. So <laughs> <laughs> I got the timer out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll cut you off at one minute. <laughs> now, we all like to talk and we just have to keep it, keep it short and sweet. But um, if you can say something about somebody out there, just maybe recently divorced or have been divorced for a while, but they do want to start date. Just an advice or an encouragement. This podcast is, I've had this podcast to encourage people, to help people, to bring hope to people. And I think my, for myself, uh, I'm going to answer the question first. I think for me, dating initially, I started too early, but to start to date was not necessarily bad or wrong or anything like that. It was more of a learning experience and also learning to be, to take a step of faith and get out there and it was rejection yes and to learn to take rejection i think that's very healthy too and then i took a long break because i didn't feel i was ready and then when i started feeling that i could be alone by myself that's actually when i started feeling i could start date again because i felt that i've done the work and i was ready to start dating so that's uh, that's my five cents to somebody and i think you know, if you want a long-term relationship, I think that's awesome. Start taking those steps. But for me, the online dating was definitely not the thing. Organic dating is definitely, for me, a lot more healthy way to date. Tiercy, you get next. I mean, I'm next. Okay. I think the, there's no time frame on dating. I think it's all about you and who you are. I think you need to know who you are. You need to know your needs so that you can express them, share them, communicate them. I do think I don't think we need to put an arbitrary time frame. Sometimes there's something healing about connecting with someone else on that deeper intimate level. And, but if just don't be connecting on, only on divorce issues, because most likely you'll date someone who's divorced. Like you want to be connecting on your intimacy. Anyway, I just feel like know who you are. That's your time frame. If you know who you are, then you're good to go. That's good. Amber. My, I would say one, it's okay to struggle. It's okay to be sad. It's okay when things don't work out. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be disappointed in those things. And it's going to happen. And just because you go through that multiple times doesn't mean that it's always going to be like that. It does get better. And look at it as what can you learn from it? You know, if you go into a date thinking, everyone has value. Even if you're not a match, there's value there. And, you know, maybe you sit down and you realize I'm, this is not, this is not for me. This is then, you know what, there can still be valuable conversation, time learning. You can learn about what you do want, or you can learn about yourself or interacting just to take that. Don't go into it. Every thinking like this has to be it. This has to be the one, especially like early dating, anything yeah. like that. Be open, be curious, learn, take the value. There's always value there. It's only a negative situation if you go into it thinking it has to be something and then it's not. If you can let it be whatever it is, then it becomes beautiful. That's awesome. Ryan? Well, I would, so I'll give two answers, 20 seconds a piece, maybe. Uh, <laughs> first one would be to the people who are like myself, who dated too quickly and just jumped right in and, and was going on multiple dates. Slow down. And it's sort of what Tiercy said, build a life that you want without anybody else in it and, and enjoy it. Find out, because if you've been divorced a long time, like myself, I, I almost didn't know who I was. I still am figuring out things that I want. So slow down, build your own life. And then I've ran into several people who are scared to death of dating and they don't go on dates and they're just like, they're frozen in fear. Go on a date, yeah. like just do it. You know, it, it's like riding a bicycle. You you'll never, if you've ever been in, you've, it's, you're talking to people, like just do that. And so don't be afraid of it and then slow down. I guess that'd be my two pieces of advice. And I have yeah. six seconds to spare. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. But what a, a really nice show we had today. And I'm just uh, going to share... If you are on the podcast and listening 
please send in your questions to rockinlifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have questions that we want to bring up on this panel, maybe we'll do this panel again. What do you guys think? That'd be awesome. Yes. <laughs> okay, we're going to do this again. So send in the questions. What should we talk about? What are you struggling with? It can be uh, dating, but it can be other things too. Maybe you, you have a struggle with the kids or uh, going through a divorce. That's probably one of the biggest uh, issues in divorce. How do you connect with kids? How do you stay connected with your kids throughout the divorce? Or you have other things uh, uh, you're struggling with. Please send in your questions. You can also, in the we're sending live right now, so write down your questions in the Facebook page on the post, and we will bring them up in the future. So I just really love to, to empower you, everybody that's listening, to share this podcast with people that you know, because everyone knows somebody that's going through divorce. And there's so few people that have, uh, have it's difficult to talk about and share this podcast with them because it's going to be a help like an encouragement for people to kind of like go through this journey of divorce that is difficult but when you have friends when you have people around you have a coach or a mentor this journey becomes a lot shorter and you can get out on the other side and actually i see divorce as a catalyst an amazing life it doesn't have to be this downward spiral the rest of your life it can be an upward spiral the rest of your life and it can be an amazing life and that's what i want for you listeners so bye from all of us to you guys so it was such a fun thing so you all take care yes i also wanted to inform you about the post-divorce reboot hosted by trina hayes And here comes a little bit of information about the Divorce Reboot. And it starts on January 11th and you do not want to miss it. And you have more information in the description below. Hello everyone, this is Trina Hayes and I'm the host of the Post-Divorce Reboot Summit. Are you ready to reclaim your life, rebuild your confidence and start loving the new you? Well, get ready because we have over 20 speakers, trainers, and coaches coming to speak to you starting January 11th. And we are also going to flip the script on your favorite podcast host, Per Angerstig. Please join us at postdivorcereboot.com to learn more. Thank you. That was it for today. And I want to thank you all listeners that are listening in. Uh, right now we have about 100 listeners on every episode and just growing. And I'm so appreciative for that. We will release another version of this podcast. It'll be dating number two. And it's about loving yourself and how that is done. And we will do that as a panel again with the same Ryan Amber and Tiercy and me. It'll be a really good one. So come along and listen in the future. It'll be awesome. Take care. Bye-bye.